you got to have a real passion for it. Like that's that's what I see, and you got to want to be there. Hey everyone, welcome to Nailed It, a podcast powered by Parker Huggett. Hey Joe, thank you for being our guest on episode three of Nailed It. Welcome. Glad to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thanks for being a guest. You know, Joe Robello, for our listeners, has been a senior superintendent for a number of years, working for the likes of Elliston, Multiplex, and then a long stint in starting his career at Deneen. In addition to working at Acon and the high-rise residential infrastructure and ICI sector here in Toronto, I've known Joe for a number of years now and gotten the pleasure to keep in touch. And Joe, why don't you tell me a little bit or listeners a little bit about your career path above and beyond the high-level nature or description that I've just shared? Yeah, so I've I've been a super and I've I've been in the construction industry for for about 26 years now. A little bit about me, I basically I started from the ground up, worked my way up from labor to being a carpenter to assistant super to super to senior super. Loved the gig, couldn't see myself doing anything else. I got a real passion for building and construction and uh, being around good people. So that's that's a little bit about me and and what makes me want to be here. What would you say are the top two biggest challenges ahead, you know, for, from a superintendent perspective? We've come out of the pandemic. We've got a lot of people retiring. Yeah. You know, what are some of the biggest challenges ahead, you know, leading a site and, you know, managing projects from a superintendent's perspective? Definitely staffing projects. That's, that's going to be a huge challenge. The past five to 10 years, I've been noticing a big leg in the people coming in and the people going out of this industry. So I definitely think that's that's a big challenge. The next big challenge is, is going to be motivating a lot of the young up-and-comers into like wanting to be at work and, and working, actually, mm-hmm. because this is a big challenge right now, is actually finding people who want to come to work and work on site rather than working from home. I think that the pandemic's change the way people think, change the way people want to live their lives. And I think a lot of people want to free up a lot more time. And unfortunately, in the, the construction industry, you have, you have to be there. It's all about relationships and managing personalities and showing up and being there. So I, I definitely think those are the two biggest challenges right now in the industry. And and I think a third challenge is going to be now all the inflation. And I know a lot of shel- jobs are being shelved right now as we speak. A lot of developers aren't willing to spend the money or invest the money right now in, in tendering or going out with for new projects. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a bit of a, a bumpy road ahead of us. But nonetheless, I mean, I think a lot of companies and the business is very established and there's a lot of work in a lot of people's pipelines. So if we do feel anything, I think it's more along those lines. It's just staffing the work and having people motivated and wanting to be in the industry to do the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing a lot of young up and coming tradespeople or apprentices, you know, starting to show up on site in comparison to years prior? Or do you think there's less and less? It's there's people showing up, but they're not. I don't want to say this, but they're not the right people. Right. It, a lot of people like are just showing up from my experience and what I've been encountering the last five years. A lot of people just want a paycheck. There isn't enough people coming to work who actually have the passion and the drive that really want to learn. I'm finding as the years go by, I guess it's something we have to adapt to because 
I take myself, for example, when I joined, like we weren't allowed to say or we didn't have an opinion on anything. We were just, you show up and somebody tells you to work, you work. The industry has changed, obviously. Employers have changed. So I, I think a lot of companies, they're coming from that old mindset now and they're adapting to this newer millennial, I guess, mindset mm-hmm. where we're trying to adapt to the people that are coming to us to work for us and trying to see what they can offer and what they have to offer us. So I I think it's a huge learning curve and where we stand right now, we definitely need to adapt Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. who's coming in anyway. Mm -hmm. But that's my opinion on that. Obviously it's what I've been seeing and uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just the level of talent coming in. It's, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's not the greatest, but it's, it's, it's really, it could improve, you know, it could improve. Yeah. It almost sounds like if there was an opportunity to motivate, you know, up and coming talent to have that passion for craft or, you know, inspire to do a good job and the byproduct of that was money. It's it's interesting to see how that's been lost yeah. in the up and coming generations. Do you think that the industry could use more marketing and industry professionals reaching out to schools? Like what would you say is a good solution to kind of maybe hit some of those notes with youth in high school and college? Yeah, that definitely helps. I mean, like uh, I can speak on my behalf. I have relationships with university professors, college professors. Mm -hmm. That's key right there. You hit it on the head, basically. I think a lot of companies are now getting into this. Like I, I was on LinkedIn the other day and I noticed a company that's really popular in Toronto and they started advertising now that they are reaching and scouting new talent through colleges and schools, even high schools, you know, like there's some really good technical schools in Toronto, like Central Tech's one of them. I Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that and reaching out and, and trying to get the best talent and like scouting. And I know a lot of companies like Ellis Don, uh, Acon, Multiplex, the bigger guys, PCL, they do have relationships with a lot of these colleges in Toronto. But again, it's it's very hit and miss because you just you get a slew of students who are coming out and you basically get what you get because they're all being divided through all the other companies and there is no hiring process, there's no picking process. It's this person's coming available sign them up for a co-op position. We would then whatever depending on the company, you pick them up, you shape and you mold them and uh mm-hmm. you basically cross your fingers and hopefully you reached out to these people and you made some sort of impact in their life and they want to be hired on by you so that's that's definitely a thing I'm seeing a lot now. And also like competition is getting really scarce. Like there's a lot of people who now I feel are trying to get into the construction industry and uh, weeding them out and making sure you have the right candidate is also, it's, it's, it's pretty tricky, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like people can tell you whatever they want and it's depending on the connection and how you are connecting and how honest and truthful they're being to you, you'll, you'll get an honest answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like there's been this like radical acceptance for accepting the status quo of who you're hiring, right? It's yeah. like, is this individual have a lot of the traits that are going to want them to take a sense of pride in the work they do and grow within an organization? And I think also the trades have been advertised as a great fallback versus like an actual career to uh, pursue. I guess from your perspective, Joe, you know, how did you get into the trade and develop? Because I remember you kind of started out, correct me if I'm wrong, at Deneen, 
and you kind of progress through the ranks there to to getting to like Acon and managing a project, like what was your experience then? And like, how do you think we could potentially, you know, create that same experience? It's honestly, it's motivation, right? What motivated me to do what I'm doing today are the individuals I was surrounding myself with at the time. And they made it fun. They made it fun. They made it challenging. They scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, like you, you lit a fire under your ass and then that's what you drive to that. Like you, you second guessing yourself, you're questioning yourself. You got to have a real passion for it. Like that's, that's what I see. And you got to want to be there mm-hmm. and not look for me. Like I'm talking on my experience. I didn't look for any payout. It was long. I had a vision. I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I needed to do to get there. I just plugged away, you know, and mm-hmm feedback. I wanted to impress people. I wanted to move the job along and it just, it worked out in my benefit where I ended up here. But you got to really want it. A lot of night school, I did a lot of courses that I had to take that I had never taken before. I was a carpenter for five years. You learn a lot being a carpenter. I got my license being a carpenter. Those are all steps preparing me for this role Mm -hmm. and ask and speak, ask questions, you know, like that's what I did. Like if you don't ask, you don't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically what I see for myself. But I, I wanted this really bad. This is what I wanted for myself. So I guess the person's actually got to really want this as a career and be willing to do what it takes because that's what construction's all about. It's it's about have, like using your resources, like not having any excuses, like always coming up with a solution. And it prepares you for that. So yeah, that's kind of like how I, I think I got here was mainly passion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important for the listeners to hear, especially, you know, youth looking at construction as a career and, you know, understanding that the byproduct of that passion, that inspiration, that hard work is going to ultimately be a rewarding career and financially beneficial. I think just another question here, not to pepper you too many, but what would you say is one of your biggest successes and how did you pull from a previous lesson learned to bring out that success so that could be on a project that could be a good hire that could be Mm. you know a personal situation that bled into work that allowed you to be successful what would you say is like maybe a top success that you could think of throughout your career definitely was building relationships with an one individual was on a project at union station and there there was this one general foreman who was really a pain in my butt you know but he's a smart guy yeah very knowledgeable, been doing this, was on the Sky Dome, for example. Like he, he was one of the general foremans. He was a steel erector and he was on the Sky Dome. And uh, yeah, I fought with this guy every day. Mm-hmm. And there was it was never easy. It was always hard. And I think just the perseverance of me and trying new things. And, and in the end, it just took a handshake, me telling him that I wouldn't screw him over. But this went on for a period of a year. It was very stressful for me, especially I was a lot younger at the time. I was just super. It was a new role. I was trying to impress company I was working for. I was trying to impress the client. I was trying to get the job done on time. And I felt that this person wasn't helping me. So I decided to take a different approach, which was a more positive approach. And it was, hey, how can I help? Hey, what can I do for you? And and not and leave the ego mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was at that moment in time where I actually learned to put my ego aside because that's one of the biggest 
I think vices in construction is yourself, that your ego, and, and the sooner you learn to put that away and make it about the actual cause, and instead of making it about you and how someone's talking to you and how someone's treating you and mm-hmm. divide and move that off of you and just keep it professional, that changed everything. Mm. Then he actually realized that there was no demeanor. It was not me talking back, me listening, me talking. Mm-hmm. But then again, also like understanding psychology, mm-hmm. like just learning who you're talking to, understanding who you're talking to, understanding how you're going to reply, holding back, not replying right away. Those were moments in my career where I can say, man, I think I'm getting this now and this is actually working for me. And since then, it's just progressed. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the moments where I can just say, yeah, like I, I really nailed that. It was a career changer. Like for me anyway. And I automatically went from being a super to a senior super. And my career just started excelling from there. Mm-hmm. Simple thing. A lot of people don't get that. It's the hardest thing to do, you know, like say, let's build this project. Okay, first, but let's get this team going, you know, because that takes like six months, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's personalities usually are, are hard to manage and uh, understanding what you're dealing with. Yeah, no, you kind of stepped outside of yourself and, you know, aligned yourself with the end goal of crowning the project and really the mission of making sure everybody's successful on site over how they really made you feel. And that's such a difficult thing to do. That could be, you know, very much your superpower on site. And that's, you know, like you said, that's that little aha moment allowed you to progress in your career. What do you feel the general contracting industry in Canada does really well? Protecting themselves. I don't want it. That's not a bold statement or anything. It's just they do. They protect themselves. And, and it's it's a good thing because one, they protect themselves, they protect their employees, and they protect their process. Mm-hmm. And in doing so and, and making mistakes and being around throughout these years, they keep getting better at what they're doing. So that's what I mean by they do really well. They do protect themselves. Like, for example, there's a job that I know of right now, and they were about to make a massive mistake. And based on all the lessons learned and, and all the talking, one person did pick up on this and remember this from another project. And that big mistake was easily caught and stopped. If it wasn't for the company reiterating and reopening all these lessons learned and making them do basically their homework, because what a lot of people have to do in this business, a lot of people like to just sometimes take the backseat and just let things roll at them. But uh, companies do have a lot of, I guess, tools within the company to help themselves and help the employees. So I I think they do that really well. And I'm going to say they're getting really good at the process of hiring people on, hiring trades, They've gotten really good at weeding people out along the way. In doing that, it's helped with budgeting. It's helped with scheduling. It's just, again, it's all about getting the right people there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the right trade, whether it's the right person that works for you. So I, I think they're doing that really well. Yeah. What do you feel the construction industry's biggest challenge ahead is? I'm going to say people. Yeah. And would you say cost escalation as well? And yeah. Like right now, because of, like I said, what we're going through, I know a lot of companies or developers are shelving some jobs because of cost. Uh, so yeah, cost is definitely a problem. And not only that, like it's again, people like, and not only people for the actual business, but subtrades. 
Mm-hmm. Like getting a subtrade, like everybody's suffering right now. Like nobody can find people from that's that's the mm-hmm. number one complaint I'm hearing on my job anyway. Give you a small little example. I need a waterproofer to come to my job. It's honestly, it's a it's a two hour job, and I can't get a guy till next week. So uh, I'm stuck with the water problem, and we're fixing it as we speak, but it's not going to be fixed the way it should be fixed. It's just a patch job until the trade comes and provides me with someone that can actually do the work and warranty the work. Right. Right. So that's, that's a big struggle right now in the industry. I don't feel like you're alone there. You know, I've talked to a lot of construction development professionals and I I hear of sub trades being booked out for the next two to five years and they're, you know, not taking on any more work. And then there's really not a whole lot of other options and at least in the GTA. And even like pricing, Matt, like it's inviting people to come and get a price. They're like, sorry, we're not pricing anything in that area right now. We'll see you soon. That's that's all you got. It's a very interesting <laughs> dynamic. Yeah, one hand you hear like of some projects being shelved, and then on the other hand you hear of you know they're too busy you know to take on any work. It's it's just like are we half pregnant or are we pregnant as an industry? It's I don't know how else to describe it. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird, it really is yeah. power struggle. In your opinion, why should you strongly consider a career in construction? Oh, that's easy, man. Like if you want to be around good people. You want to be around some really brutally honest people and you like getting up early in the morning and smelling. I don't know. I'm just very passionate about it. I, I love building. I've always loved building. It's it's very rewarding for me. It's very fulfilling. I'm very proud of what I do. You get to like talk about all the projects you've built when you drive by them. And it's, it's the people, guys like you. You know, I met you, what, 15 years ago? 20 years ago? A long time ago, yeah. Like I always tell everybody, it's it's the relationships I build in this industry and some of the people you meet. There's no place I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought about this 17 years ago. I pulled my back and I thought I was never going to work again. So I was like, man, what am I going to do now? And it was stressful. Yeah. There's really nothing else I want to do and there's nothing else I know how to do. So I was like, honestly debating on just like taking an office job somewhere and just starting right at the bottom. And it didn't make sense. Mm. Made no sense just because it wasn't where I wanted to be. And you got to like the grind. You got to like getting up in the morning and like you got to like having a purpose Mm -hmm. because if you, if you like any of those things, this is the place to be. Like I'm very passionate about this industry. So I, I, I'd recommend this to anyone. Yeah. The passion's certainly there. You know, the, the piece about legacy and driving by the buildings that you've been a part of delivering and, and, you know, leading teams that helped you build those projects and, you know, the sense of craft. And I think anytime you can walk by something with your family and say you had a piece of that or you know you had a hand in producing something tangible like that it's a lot more than most industries like service industries for example my industry right like i could say that i've placed someone that worked on that project but like i wasn't there during the nuts and bolts of delivering that project whereas like you've been on those unfinished floors right and Mm -hmm. you've seen the good and the bad throughout that project because you're in the problem solving business and you know you guys made it happen it's just that I think it's also different perspectives, right? I mean, like the way I, I look at construction, it's it's one team. Mm-hmm. Everybody plays a part and, and that's everybody's 
doing something that they're good at. And without that one individual, you're useless. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. That's that's it for today. And uh, you've been an amazing guest, Joe. It's super appreciated that uh, you came on our new podcast here. And Honor to be here, man. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you reaching out. It's it's actually, it was really nice of you asking me for this. So I appreciate that as well. Oh, our pleasure. And yeah, here's to the next 10, 20 years of your career. <laughs>